The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and today we've got news, and we're looking ahead to next week's Charles Schwab Challenge, the PGA Tour. Oh, so close to being back in action. And to break it all down, we've assembled quite the squad. Uh, let me bring him in. You may know him from CBS Sports HQ. You may know him from PGA Tour Radio, or you may know him from knocking in his first career ace two weeks ago at Hoover Country Club in Hoover, Alabama. It's Doug Bell. What's up, Doug? I'll tell you what, guys. Thanks for bringing that up. And <laughs> highlight was when Mark Immelman uh, gave his analysis like the next day on CBS Sports HQ, which was really cool. The South African <laughs> accent describing the shot. Uh, you know, um, I, listen, I'm older than all you guys. I've, I've played golf longer than all you guys. And to finally get a hole-in-one, uh, was pretty special. So I'm glad to say I can do it before or I get too old or I get too long that's, too. That's awesome. From what I understand, it's an eight iron from 167 yards. Did it roll in like a putt? Describe this to us. You know, basket, let's bask in the glory a bit. Well, it was uh, back right uh, hole location, and there's a hump in the middle of the green, so you can't see the hole location. Hit it good, and one guy playing with me said, boy, that, that looks like a good shot. And I said, it, it, it felt good, and I picked up the <laughs> And then the other partner of mine, who's very boisterous, he let, a, let out a few um, salty words. He said, that's in the hole. And I said, how, how do you know? You can't see it. He said he saw the, the stick shake. And I uh, said, so well, stop talking because we don't want to jinx it. We don't want right. to talk it out of the hole. And then when we got up on the green, they had missed the green, and there was nothing on the green except in the bottom of the cup. So, yeah, good stuff. I, I love it. Congrats on the ace. Let's bring in uh, Mark Immelman, who has already broken down that shot. What's up, Mark? <laughs> hey, man. The old boy's got some pup. Eight iron from 165 uphill yeah. to a back hole location, Doug. Man, oh, man. He's been, it's, it's all that triathlete work and the bicep stuff he's been doing in the gym. I mean, he, he's the best looking, uh, whatever you are, old year old, Doug. I think Don't care how old, please. <laughs> No, I'm all good. Eh? Nice to be with you guys again. A little vacation before golf starts. And just a personal shout out. It's my wife's birthday today. I won't just tell you how old she is. but So we're <laughs> celebrating Tracy Martin right now. All right. Happy birthday. Um, and finally, uh, it's Kyle Porter, who is firing off all the hottest takes you can find, I think, in regards to an event we're going to talk about shortly. But what up, Kyle? How much? I think Mark's just excited that he's not the oldest person by like 15 years on here anymore. So I think, I think he's, he's, gonna, he's in for a good pod today. Okay, that's the Immelman take down. I'm waiting for Jordan Spieth in the next five minutes. You just did it. 
<laughs> there it is. Two, two minutes and 59 seconds in, we hit our Jordan Speed mention. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Well, this is uh, hot off the presses. Uh, Kyle, we'll start with you because you and I kind of dove a little bit into this uh, yesterday on, on, on Monday's pod in regards to with the, the John Deere Classic being canceled, a potential replacement event, and we're getting more information about that. So it looks like Workday, uh, the Phil Mickelson title sponsor what seeming what seems like will uh partner to sponsor the event the week prior to the memorial and it will also be held at muirfield village this is what we thought was going to be a logical way to fill a gap in the schedule yeah for sure and you were on top of the joke the easy the layup this one's for you work day uh which he said during during the match a couple weeks ago i mean it makes sense right like I, i i don't think you know, is, is Muirfield Village, like, if you had to pick any course in the world to have back-to-back events at, would you pick Muirfield Village? Probably not, but it's a good venue. Players like it. It's good accommodate. I mean, it's, it's just, it, it's, it seems like a great place to have back-to-back tournaments. And I'm curious, you know, I did see that, I think the first event is 156, 156-man uh, field. The second is 120. I, I'm, I want to. I, I wonder how many guys are going to play in, in both. Are you going to get one that's like, you know, a lot of like some corn fairy guys and some like, is it is it going to be lesser? Or are you going to? I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious to see how that works. You, you could see guys play, you know, back to back weeks and just go eight eight straight rounds at uh, at Muirfield Village. Yeah, certainly looking forward to that. Uh, Doug, Kyle had alluded to this where the first week is going to be more of your your large full field event and then the memorial will still be an invitational. But I feel like filling that spot, Doug, is important because we've already got a shortened schedule for the rest of this season. The tour has made a lot of efforts to expand the field sizes. So having an event wherever it is, uh, whenever it is, and not just missing another one out on the schedule felt to me, like that was a big priority for the tour. Well, I think the tour knew there were going to be hurdles and potential pitfalls, and so they were prepared for that. And the John Deere was a tournament that uh, had some financial questions going in, and they knew that. Uh, obviously, it, it's, a, it's a small populated area, the Quad Cities, the smallest populated area on the PGA Tour, and they really depend on that Wednesday Pro-Am, selling the corporate chalets, and, and the fact that John Deere, like so many corporations, have had uh, some financial difficulties and they've laid off a number of employees and the corporate headquarters is right across the street from the golf course. So it just didn't make sense. The tour knew that. Uh, and the question was, were they going to stay in Michigan? Were they going to go to Ohio? And I think the tour initially wanted to bring it back to Sawgrass. Uh, they wanted to play on the stadium course. And they thought that would have been kind of a cool deal. But the course right now, uh, the 17th hole, for example, down at the stadium course is undergoing some renovation. And logistically, it would have just been a problem getting the course ready. And flying the players from Detroit to Florida back to Ohio made no sense. And I'm I'm a little surprised they're playing back-to-back at Muirfield Village because there's so many outstanding courses in the Columbus area. But nevertheless, again, we're talking about uh, logistics and and making things easy and going back-to-back on a wonderful layout makes just absolute sense yeah i think the logistics of it are kind of a a slam dunk mark you know we we don't know what the future of this pga tour calendar looks like over the next couple of months there there might be more of these hiccups more of these hurdles but i think i'm now more optimistic that we're going to see a full schedule even if it means 
the week after uh, an event that's already on the calendar hosts another tournament or the week before they get there early. Like, I think that the tour will be able to fill these gaps is, is at least what this is going to seem like if we hit more hurdles. Well, uh, I agree with you all heartedly, the reckon. And the word that was always bandied about the place was the situation was fluid. And it's now been proven to us that in a very fluid situation, with all of a sudden John Deere goes down, just what are we, two short weeks later, or if it's that, 10 days, the event has been uh, replaced with another event at a fantastic venue. And, and as I look through the schedule, I'm with you. I think the only event that perhaps I'm a little concerned about right now is the fourth event in these immediate four which we're also looking forward to because they're going to be a barometer for what's going to go down with no fans and, and with the health concerns and the protocols and such. So you've got Colonial, you've got Hilton Head, you've got Travelers. And yep. then the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit, that's still a bit of a hot spot. So that one's marginally concerning to me. But beyond then, it, it, it looks like it could be smooth sailing as much as what you want to you know, call smooth sailing, that given the times in which we currently find ourselves. And the way it sits in the schedule, too, to Carl's observation, I think it's really very fortunate because the way the whole thing's shaking out, because Memorial starts a big run en route to the PGA Championship. So you may have a, a blended uh, look in competition between the first event and the second event where you get some corn ferry guys in the first one, and then the big dogs start showing up for Memorial, for the World Golf Championships event, and then the PGA, which is shortly thereafter. I, I'm not even going to look this up. I assume someone shout me out if I'm wrong here in like modern times, we've never seen the same course be used in back-to-back -back weeks like this. It's, it's going to be quite interesting. We saw the Anwa and the masters last year at Augusta national. What was it? Drop the mic. The, the women's amateur. Oh, okay. I didn't hear what, you, I, 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 I missed what? It. I didn't even hear what he yeah. said. So I, like, you didn't get the full credit of it. Sorry. I didn't hear it. <laughs> Rick, Rick, Rick was like, the, oh, yeah. Uh, producer Jacob points out Pinehurst for the uh, 14 uh, men's and women's U.S. Open. But in terms of the same uh, league, the same tour, I, I, I can't imagine that that we, yeah, that we would have seen it. Do you, how, how do you guys feel about, um, well, Doug's been around for a while, Doug, <laughs> you, back in the day. <laughs> hey, uh, I remember Lord Byron told me way back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> how, how's everybody feeling about optimism right now? Because I, I was more on the pessimistic side. Mark thought that we were going to start back on like April 20th, I think. And oh, stop. Go and search for the podcast. I said to you, Colonial was happening. Yeah. Well, that was, uh, that was kind of an easy take after the PGA Tour said Colonial was happening. No, it was well before then. Jacob, please <laughs> chime in over here. <laughs> but is, I mean, and I think this, this gets at the point that you guys are talking about where the PGA Tour is like, okay, it's clear that they have sponsors and they have they have these contingency plans that can backfill any event that might have to drop out for whatever reason i mean do do we think it it seems more like more and more like we're going to get the full rest of the year in is that is that where all of you guys are at as well yeah i'm there and and, and uh, here's a hot take for you i think you see tiger woods a couple times in his first four events no chance. Mark that down. Mark it down. Jacob, please mark the time. No chance. No He's chance. Not, why, 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 would, why? Why would he play? Just because. He's playing well. He's <laughs> that's, healthy. He hasn't, that's, he hasn't played in a long while. For sure. But Tiger has never played just because. We still have 
the PGA Championship August 6th. We have the U.S. Open at the end of September. And we have the Masters in November. That's all he cares about. That's it. And so if he plays once before each of those, then, you know, maybe like – I, I just I don't think he's gonna I don't think just because the PGA Tour is back and there are these events and everybody's excited about them that he's necessarily gonna play in them just because they're there. Let's just call this a feeling. I you you know no one knows what Tiger's doing, but but I have a very very good feeling that we'll see him a couple times in the early sledding. You guys have been texting, have you? <laughs> guys, that would be wild because uh, we know he's not gonna play the Charles Schwab. Uh, has not he's only played one time. Uh, Hilton Head, and that was 20-some-odd years ago. He's never played the Travelers. Uh, he's not going to play the Rocket Mortgage. That was his old tournament in D.C., and he's not going to go there. I, I think the first time we're going to see him is at Jack's tournament, and he's won that five times. He's going to play the Memorial, and I think the question is, and he's going to play the PGA Championship, the question is, will he go back-to-back? -back? Will he play in Memphis, the World Golf Championship, uh, at TPC Southwind, and then go to the PGA Championship? I don't see that. So um, I'm kind of with Kyle. I think we're going to – and I don't think from here on out, I mean, we're just going to see very limited Tiger next year when the tour uh, resumes a normal schedule. I think we're going to see him maybe 10 maximum of 12 times a season from here on out. It's going to be few and far between to see the great Tiger Woods, and I think that's what he wants to do. And I think physically that's all that allows him to do. I don't think that's uh, – I think that is kind of the way that we've been trending here. At least Kyle and I have kind of been considering a, a even Tiger has a small schedule as it is, even smaller kind of moving forward. But we, we kind of got into this. I mean, the, T, the PGA Tour is going to look different, whether that is Tiger showing up at a place that we've never seen him before or back-to-back -back weeks at Muirfield Village. There's going to be weird things. Mark, we're, we're starting to get – some more insight on what's going to happen on and off the course. We're getting insight from you. You're getting packages uh, to prepare yourself for, uh, you know, any potential exposure. Like, like talk to me through what you expect and how different it's going to be on site. Well, it's going to be crazy. I, Doug, you're there for radio. I know that. And, and for us, we, we uh, the, the network crew got a package in the mail the other day with our PPE stuff. And there's like gloves and, and goggles if you choose to wear those and masks. And, and so that's different. And there's going to be hand sanitizers on every tee of, as far as I'm aware. And obviously no fans, which is a big deal, which in, in my opinion will make two golf courses like Colonial and Hilton Head, Harbortown, just played to their fullest extent because they're these tight venues with lots of dog legs and you've got to really hit the ball, not just accurately, but the right distance because you can hit the ball through dog legs so quick. No spectator stands, no galleries. You're going to see the ball running out if these places are dry and all of a sudden, these golf courses will sort of play like they were designed to play back in the day when they were set up. So uh, the golf courses will be different. I think with no fans, uh, you know, when someone gets on a charge, let's call him Tiger Woods, because <laughs> there was an intimidation factor behind Woods making birdies in that Woods chair. Yeah. I, I think players will be watching leaderboards a whole lot more uh, because they can't hear that something's on the go. So it, it's just going to be nuts, Doug. Doug and I, I tell you what, um, I'm excited to just get out there and you sort of see the greatest golfers in the world. Yeah, we've got the top six guys there at Colonial playing in an environment kind of like they play with their buddies when they're back home, wherever they are. 
Doug, I want to I want to pose this to you real quick because I, I asked this to Mark a couple of weeks ago, and as someone who is going to be involved in this, the PGA Tour making this important step to be one of the first sports back. Do you yourself personally feel an extra sense of responsibility in doing all of the right things and following all the guidelines so that this can be an absolute success? Yes. Yeah, no question. Um, excited to be there. And, and all the players I've spoken to are just, just genuinely pumped up about returning to work. Um, I know Adam Scott is not going. He has some questions, and we've talked about Tiger, but almost to a man, everybody else is so excited to be there. We see that in the quality of the field is amazing. Uh, the, the quality of this, I mean, it's the best field they've ever had at Colonial. I mean, this is a tournament that started back in 1946. Ben Hogan won five times. And you go down that, that marble wall on the first tee, the wall of champions. I mean, Nicholas, Palmer, Trevino, Crenshaw, Weisskopf, Phil Mickelson. I mean, the, the names of the winners are incredible, but they've never had a field like this. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, there, there's going to be a lot of, lot of things happening there. Um, and, yes, I, I do feel that I need to go out there and do a good job. And I'm going to be curious, certainly, just like the players. The first day, I think we'll get more comfortable the second day and then on into the weekend. And, and you know what, Rick, I think it's interesting. I think you have three classifications of players. Um, number one, you have a group of guys who aren't going to be happy because they have to do all this testing and, yeah. and the clubhouse isn't set up the way it was and you have to have space on the range, et cetera, and their manager and coach can't be there. And then you're going to have a group of guys who are like, all right, um, I haven't been practicing a lot, but I'll take it for the way it is. And maybe they won't be very good for the first couple of weeks. And then you'll have that third group that says, you know what? I could care less who's right. going to be there or not going to be there. I'm going to go out there and play and I've been practicing. I'm going to win. This is a big deal. And so I think, I think that's what's going to happen. And uh, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by how this is going to play out next week. It's, it's going to be pretty neat. Hey, boys, it sounds like it's shaking out perfectly for Sung J.M. to get a victory on the PGA Tour early. <laughs> well, whatever, whatever you're talking about, uh, he already got one, by the way, Mark. Another. Oh, okay. Um, whenever you're talking about watching leaderboards, I'm like, they're not going to be watching for Tiger. It's going to be watching for Sung <laughs> You know what I was, I was thinking, too, as Doug was going through this? Doug, uh, you guys will have the early – well, PGA Tour Live and you radio guys will have the early call on Thursday. With those numbers for TNT that were – they shattered records for cable viewership for the match. I mean, you, there's going to be all sorts of sets of ears and eyeballs on this show in, what's it, like 10 days' time now? And, and so from that point of view, I think – there's a huge responsibility to what's going on to the folks bringing it to the, the viewing audience, Rick. I'm excited. I know uh, it'll be early for me on the West Coast Thursday morning. <laughs> but I'll be uh, certainly up with uh, coffee in hand and, and interested in, in seeing what's going on. And, and Kyle, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but we really need to talk about this field. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. I mean – what six of the top seven in the world basically everybody from like 12 to 22 guys that have never played here before is is like i don't know how to even ask this question like is this that people are, guys are excited to get back and play is it that there there's a sprint towards the finish line is it a combination of but i don't care what it is it's got a stacked field but I, I'm, I'm wondering why yeah, I, I think I think guys are just just ready to to jump back into it, and and there's a lot to um, there's a lot to prepare for, right? With the three majors coming up, and you don't want to wait until the non Tiger Woods division. You don't want to wait until the middle of July to start to start 
you know, prepping for Harding Park if, if the PGA Championship actually happens. So, I mean, you know, the thing that I think about when I look at these fields is how cool it is that they coincide with Colonial, with Harbortown, with, um, you know, Travelers. What, what's, the, what's the Travelers course name? TPC? River Highlands. There you go. These are all really cool courses that when top guys play them, it, it makes for fascinating golf. I mean, DJ playing Harbortown a couple years ago, or, or maybe even last year, Rory playing the Travelers. Uh, Brooks played really well at Colonial a couple years ago. Justin Rose has played well at Colonial. So I think the coinciding of these elite fields with great courses, forget about what the tournament is, what the tournament name is, everything that we think uh, traditionally about these events completely thrown out the window all of a sudden you've got one of the I don't know 10 best events of the year at at Colonial depending on how things play out because of the field and because of the course I think that's awesome Doug the 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 highest ranked golfer who's not going to be here is Adam Scott and he's been fairly vocal about just taking a a wait and see approach to this you know maybe I'll join you in July who knows I'm just going to take my time and see do you anticipate any other guys with a similar stance, whether they're, they're the Euro guys who have to go through a potential quarantine when they get over here? Is, it seems like 99% of these guys are just gung-ho all in, but I have a feeling there's, good, there's guys who probably feel more like Adam Scott and they just haven't voiced it yet. You know, we haven't heard him yet. I know Pat Perez has changed his tune. He, did a, he does a radio show on, uh, on PGA Tour Radio. And a month ago, I mean, he was adamant, this is crazy. I'm not going to play, and now he's playing. So a lot of players have changed their tunes and they've kind of followed suit. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. You know, they, uh, a player showed me yesterday, the participation resource guide, which they all got now it's 34 pages. And that followed up the 37 page uh, guide that the PGA tour sent them out initially. And it's all the guidelines and guys, I thought it was interesting. The tour um, is not making the, the test before you go mandatory. They're saying it's strongly encouraged. And I find that interesting because as we hear about the other sports leagues, now we're talking about individuals as opposed to team sports, but I know hockey and the NBA and if baseball ever gets going, they're talking about testing these guys before every game. And and that's that's a huge cost, an amazing number of tests, and the tour is not going there, which I find interesting. They're going to do the temperature test every day. Uh, So we'll see how it plays out. now, the, the golfers are going to be dressed before they get to the golf course. They're not going to be in the clubhouse and things like that will be different. But I, I, I don't know, Rick. We're just going to see how it plays out. You know, it's just kind of, you know, they use that a lot. It's a fluid situation, and I think that's accurate. And I think to that, Doug, you'll find players who don't play early. Now, the Europeans, given that they've got to quarantine for a while after they get here, and then you play a couple of events, then you go home, and certain events um, correspond with or conflict, I should say, with the British Masters, which is a big deal on their tour over there. And now they've got these, I think it's five or six events that are all going to take place in the United Kingdom. I think we might not see the, the Europeans. But the rest of the folks who don't play early, they'll be watching. And, and, and they'll be talking to folks. They'll be trading text messages and such and kind of like that locker room speak, not being in the locker room. And if they, yeah, well, you know, it's pretty non-invasive and things are smooth and I feel healthy and everything's working out kind of like it used to. I think you see guys sort of just might show up, but they'll just watch for a little while and see how things play out. They'll be putting their shoes on in the parking lot like we do, which will be nice to see. Um, Kyle, I'll let you put a bow on this because uh, we've, we've talked a lot about this over the past couple of weeks. And I, I too 
to Doug's point, was very surprised to see that that, that test is not mandatory. Uh, essentially, from what I can tell, the, the quote-unquote punishment uh, for not doing it is, you know, if something comes up and you have to withdraw, you are not reimbursed your expenses on the trip, which quite frankly, a lot of these guys might not care about if they don't want to swab deep into the back of their noses or whatever. I, I just, like Kyle, we, we've talked a lot about the responsibility that the tour has um, certainly to, to get this right. What, what, speaking of taking temperatures, like what's your temperature on them not being required <laughs> to do this? Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of curious. I, I, don't, I don't know why. It, it makes you feel like it's more for the optics of it than for the reality of it, which is, which is weird. Cause I feel like the PGA tour has been, I mean, we can talk about the players or whatever, that whole thing. There was, you know, things were moving very quickly, obviously, but I, I feel like they've been pretty good, you know, over yeah. the last few months. I, I don't, I don't think that there's been any like uh, tone deafness or anything like that. So I, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's a curiosity. And, and uh, I don't think I, I would, pre- I would prefer it if they, if they were required. I um, doubt we will ever see this, uh, excuse me, but I would love to know what percentage of guys opt out of that. That is, that is my one wish. We'll never know, but I, I would be interested to see what that number looks like. Uh, speaking of numbers, gentlemen, uh, there are some odds out. So we're going to chat through who we think could potentially win this event or who we want to win. Who cares? It's fantasy world. Uh, but we'll get to that right after this break. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% 
off, all you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. All right, gentlemen, uh, the field is almost set. I mean, we've got at least 125 plus committed to this event next week for the Charles Schwab Challenge. Odds have been released. Of course, Rory McIlroy is the betting favorite, but I don't really care about that, gentlemen. I want to hear what you want to happen. You know, what's, what's the perfect finish? Is there something that could uh, really spur more interest in the tour? Or maybe you're just a, a personal fan of one of these guys. So, Doug, um, we're going to start with you. Uh, what would be your perfect finish to this Charles Schwab Challenge? Well, the perfect finish would have world number one Rory McIlroy, who's never <laughs> played here before, uh, be in the final group on the final Sunday, uh, going down the wire with Jordan Spieth who's been lost in space for a long time, and he's a Texan. And wouldn't that be cool if Rory and Jordan uh, were, were in the last group going down the wire, assuming they're playing the twosomes that last day. And I, I just think – and Jordan has won there before, obviously. Uh, and I just think that would be – that would be fantasy world. That would be exciting. Uh, we're talking about ratings, right? Seven million people saw match two. I think if you had Rory and Jordan coming down on a Sunday – I think we topple that seven million. I think Mark Emmelman at CBS would be <laughs> delighted with those numbers. <laughs> Everyone would. <laughs> I I certainly okay. So I outside of Sung J M just winning every event from now until. 2027 I, I do honestly think like the best thing that could happen is if jordan spieth wins this the thank the, the you. texan thank you let's be real the tour is better when jordan spieth is really good like that is a fact and if he could just you know it's been we're almost at three years gentlemen it's almost been three years since this guy has won a golf tournament and it's approaching very quickly if he can shut everybody up myself included and win a golf tournament the i, I think that is ideal for the tour kyle the stage is yours <laughs> my, my, my my propaganda campaign has been successful to, inf, to infiltrate to infiltrate and affect the minds of the people on this podcast with my jordan spieth propaganda has been it's been a success and uh no i'm i i'm with you guys like there, there are, i mean look like just to have golf is going to be great so any scenario honestly is going to be cool and interesting i, mean, I thought kevin now winning last year was it last year that kevin now won yeah. yes uh, yeah <laughs> well, it feels I'm, like ages ago doesn't I'm, it? <laughs> I'm 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 with rick like i have no idea what time time doesn't even really exist anymore um so so anybody winning is going to be a cool story, but you're, you're probably, I mean, with this many stars in the field, you're unlikely to see somebody who's not a star win, which, which I think always makes for, uh, for interesting events. And if that person, I don't know if we're still calling Jordan Spieth a star, um, is Spieth. I mean, that would be like, okay, now we can, now we can get cranking again. That would, that would just, that would be, it would be delightful. I would love it. That would be cool. I'd also like, you know, Scotty Scheffler as a Texan, go, go snag your first win, young man. Like, that would be cool. Mark, I mean, I'm sure there's something very romantic you've got uh, conjured up in that brain of yours <laughs> that you'd like to see happen on Sunday. 
Well, when you were talking about the tour being better with Jordan Spieth winning again, I was like, well, if we could get Tiger Woods to late commit to this thing and somehow, okay. <laughs> That's really a but, fantasy but, <laughs> but, I, but I'll leave that there. I, I've got two quick ones. Uh, you, you referenced Kevin now winning and uh, I, I'm contrite that I'm so mixed up on time too. I'd forgotten Sung JM's win earlier this year at the Honda Classic. That shows yeah. you how confused I am. But last time around when we were there, when Kevin Nob birdies the last, he points over at the, the, the muscle car that was given by Charles Schwab, <laughs> and then he gives it to his caddy, Kenny Harms. And, and Kenny's still got the thing he tells me in the garage in Orlando. So one of my two things is like, Kevin now wins again. If the car's an offer, gives it to Kenny again. And then Kenny turns around and hands over the keys to some TCU graduate or something over there in Fort Worth, which would be cool. But I'll stop over there and say, my pick for next week is Colin Morikawa, yeah. friend of the podcast, mm. right? And uh, the perfect finish for me would be Morikawa, who is as Hogan-esque as anyone who I've seen play the game. Wow. Hogan Zelly. Wow. Yeah, my There's a hot take for you. That is just, a take. Just, just the way he hits the driver, the small little drip fade, the way he strikes the irons, the proximity. If there's a weakness, I'll be all of these, I'll be at all these skills. The putter isn't as flush as the ball striking. I want to see Matthew Wolf, Colin Morikawa coming down the stretch, and Morikawa buries one on Wolf on the last green to win by one. That's my perfect finish. The and anti, he's my pick for next week. The anti three M open. You forgot the best part of Nas win last year. He kissed his wife's pregnant belly. I wasn't watching. That was unbelievable. He did it like during the during the ceremony, like during the take, yeah. getting the trophy. It was unreal. It was a nice and a nice dig TikToks with his daughter. Have you seen that? Where they yes. they've got some TikTok video on the go. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, Mark she's, like, she's like referencing TikTok. Uh, yeah, because because then when he won again at Shriners, uh, his daughter was had already been born by that time. I think so. It was like a cool cool little thing. Um, Doug, here's one thing that I I think about a lot. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> so we've just gone three months without golf. We generally don't know what these guys have been up to outside of TikTok or Instagram or, in Bryson's case, Twitch. Uh, like, are we concerned about anybody? Like, if you were buying stocks, right, like, would you be buying stock in someone like a Dustin Johnson who, you know, we only saw at TaylorMade Drive? Like, we know what he can be, but hasn't looked all that good. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, is there anybody we should be concerned about? Would you be selling stock on anybody? Oh, boy, great question. All I know is uh, I know Rory McIlroy, Tony Finau, DJ, all these guys, uh, you know, we've interviewed on CBS Sports HQ, um, and they all took seven to eight weeks off, didn't yeah. have a club, yeah. which I found utterly amazing considering where I live, I was playing golf every day. I was actually playing golf more than the best player <laughs> in the world, which is, I don't know, that's another story. But um, would I sell? Yeah, um, I'm thinking that I think those top guys, I, I'm thinking Rory, uh, John Rahm, um, I don't know if they're good bets right now because I don't know how seriously they're taking it. And, and listen, Rory's never played Colonial. This is a tough golf course. And from what I understand, I mean, it, it's hot there. That Bermuda rough is popping. Uh, it's like two inches. And all those dog legs, you miss the fairways, you're going to be in trouble. I think Rory's going to find the golf course very difficult. I think a lot of guys who, are, who haven't been practicing are going to miss the cut initially. And, and I really think some guys, some guys off the radar screen who we ha aren't talking about here who have been practicing and have played Colonial a lot, look out. I mean, I think it's going to be that kind of 
And I think the score, I mean, I think two, three, four under par is probably going to win Colonial. I really like this thought process, Doug. And so Colonial, the seventh most difficult uh, course on tour last season, the third most difficult par 70. Mark, what we already kind of saw a little bit, a lot at TaylorMade driving relief, a little bit at Tiger versus Phil is like the reps that you can't always get in a simulator uh, around the green, chip shots, putt, like the things that are much more feel oriented than just your full swing. Guys have been struggling a little bit. I agree with Doug. I think... I think the first couple of weeks are going to be very volatile and you're going to see some results that we would not normally expect in both directions because guys have to work it out on tour in tour conditions. Well, that's a, a, a very appropriate take that, but to me, the one thing the PGA tour player does well is they adapt because con- situation circumstances are always changing. And when they get out there, who knows, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, next week, and they get used to the course and the feel of the golf course and that sort of deal, they'll be figuring out the plan. Now, Thursday morning rolls around, it's a different deal entirely when the pressure's up, but the top players adapt. So I expect Rory and, and, and company to, to sort of feel their way into competition. And if the course plays like Doug uh, prophesies it will, you know, then they just got to make a few pars and hang around. It's a par 70. We, we know it plays hard. You just lurk around the place to find some form on the weekend. Then all of a sudden you're in striking distance. And then McElroy or JT or these sorts of guys can, Brooks, who played very well here last year, can find maybe a little mojo and, and, and play their way into contention and then and confidence. But still, to all of that, I feel like the leg up should, at this very first event, should go to someone like a Ryan Palmer, who's a member over there. So he's been on the golf course. He's used to the environment. He, he lives in Texas. He's a Texan boy. You know, I think there's a perfect finish for you too. A guy who knows the course, knows the greens, knows how it's playing right now. So he doesn't have to deal with as much adapting as what the rest of the crowd do. He's got the advantage right now. I also like that, Mark, because we've heard Ryan Palmer say about Colonial. He showed up there in tournament conditions and with grandstands everywhere. And he's been like, this is kind of jarring. This is kind of weird. This is not how I play it. Uh, Well, take the grandstands down. It's going to be like another day out there for Ryan Palmer. That might be pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Kyle, we'll let you end us off here. Uh, I believe it was you who had said something like, you you, we, the, you could be hitting the ball on Mars in December and we'd be excited about it or something to that effect. I, I, that sounds like something else. <laughs> right? Yeah, okay, something like that. Uh, I think I'm at that level of excitement now. I, I think like Thursday morning, June, whatever that is, 11th, um, I mean, I won't be able to sleep. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready to roll. Yeah, it, it will feel like a major. Um, and, I, and I think some of that, I was thinking about this the other day, which by the way, you said you were thinking about when you started that sentence, I was thinking, I think about this all the time while I'm talking, I want you to think of if there's a shot or a moment that you randomly think about from like the last 10 years. So, yes. um, I think I was thinking about this the other day and I think it matters that this is going to be the first bigger sport, no offense to racing or MMA within the U S that's kind of back in a big way. I think that part matters. I really do. And I think that that will be, um, I think that will add to it. And I think it'll be incredibly meaningful. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to make too, too much of that, but I do think that that kind of plays in here. And I think the fact that you've got whatever it is, 16 of the top 20 in the world, 
Uh, I mean, if you had Tiger, it would just be, it would basically be a major championship. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited about it. Well, to that, Rick, I mean, I was on a call the other day with the crowd who was going to broadcast this event and I'm sitting listening to the conversation in this virtual chat room and folks were highlighting what a big deal this is and how this might be, you know, one of the most um, impactful broadcasts in recent memory. And, and I just sat there, Carl, and I was like, wow, I am just so fortunate to be a part of this thing, Doug. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'll be on the course, but I'm going to watch you later when Jim Nance comes on and says, hello, friends. Uh, <laughs> I've heard that in a long time. And I, I, I genuinely am excited about that. Um, and I, I don't think there's a better play-by-play uh, -play voice than Nance mm. to bring golf back. Uh, you know, no offense to anybody else, but I mean, well, when you hear Jim and that voice and, and the fact he's been doing all these Zoom interviews with these players and that, and that spot that CBS is running where it has the little clips with all the players that he's talked to and some of them are having trouble with their computer and, <laughs> and when, and Rory came on and Jim was eating lunch. And I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I got, uh, I thought that was very meaningful. So yeah, I'm excited. I think Kyle's right. I mean, this field, even without Tiger is a major championship field for those of us who follow golf. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Now, if Tiger was there, it'd be great. It'd be unbelievable. But as it is now, it's an incredible field. I, I love this, Kyle. Uh, to answer your question, there is there are two shots that I think about all the time. Um, one of them is Zach Johnson topping the ball at Augusta. That, <laughs> I swear, I swear to you, gentlemen, I watch that YouTube video six times a week. It, it's unbelievable. And like every time I see something on Twitter that I want to like reply with, I'm like, I'm pulling up that. Uh, but the other one, and this one is so random to me, it's it's Matthew Wolf making eagle on 18 at mm. the 3M Open, which I'm not a big Matthew. Like, he's great, but, like, I don't know. Like, he hasn't been around that long. But to me, the emotion that that – I guess I can call him a kid. Kid showed in that moment to secure his card, his potentially his career. Like, that moment, I was like – I had goosebumps watching that. And, and I, I, I think about that moment a lot. I like that. Those are good. Those are, those are like, very, like, deep. Like, the pe <laughs> you know, people, people that – you know, especially the wolf one, like you have to kind of be following this stuff pretty closely for that to be your, your take. I think about JT's uh, three wood into Aaron Hills oh. on Saturday. Yeah. For Eagle. That's good. I mean, I've, I was standing like, I mean, I was kind of far away because it was like Aaron Hills was set up weird, but it was a joke. Like I, I think about that shot a lot. Hey, I've got one for you because we're all Rory fans on this podcast. He hit a couple five woods, I believe it was, en route to the Irish Open victory a few seasons ago, which he mm. talked about how, how meaningful that was. How about that fairway medal into the final hole? Just yeah. to give for Eagle. Just, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I think so about that dirty. one. <laughs> it was. Uh, hey, guys, what about if it comes down to a winning putt on the 72nd hole and there's no crowd? Uh, and yeah. you're supposed to keep your distance from everybody else. And what do you do? <laughs> uh, the celebration that will happen will be very unusual. It'll be hard to describe on radio. There'll be no crowd noise. So you'll, I guess, I guess, I, I don't know. You'll hear my voice maybe on television or something. I don't hey, know. Uh, hey, what, what, that would be bizarre. There's, there's, I love to listen to my former colleagues on radio when I'm not working. And Doug Bell's one of my favorite voices. In fact, my first ever broadcast 
was with Doug Bell and Bill Rosinski, two doyens of radio announcing. And, and one of Doug's things is to go, he snaps the ball out of the cup and, and waves to the crowd. Doug, what are you going to say for the first four events, bro? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's why if it, if it comes down to some fantastic finish, maybe a 60-foot putt there at 18 at Colonial, I mean, it'll be, you will not hear any clapping. That'll be the yeah. weirdest finish ever it, it, in golf. It'll be, uh, it'll be just like the 18 Masters. You guys can consult Patrick Reed to see what he does when nobody cheers at the end. <laughs> when you win. Oh, that's ugly, man. Come on. Uh, there will be some great, <laughs> some great visuals uh, <laughs> coming out of this. You guys got me all fired up. I don't remember who the picks were. Okay, I, I think I'm going with Justin Rose. I like Justin Rose. That's he's good. That's a good Back with the sticks. He's won here before. I'm going with Rose. Doug wants to see Rory over Spieth down the end. I love it. Mark, we mentioned Ryan Palmer. Who, who else did you like? Marikawa. Marikawa, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm, you got me all fired I got up. <laughs> he picked Pac-12 Hogan. You compared him to Ben Hogan. Yes, that's right. I, mean, I blacked watch. out when he was saying that. That's yes, I, uh, I, watch. Just watch this. Watch. I'll, I'll just I'll go with speed. I'm I'm just whatever. I'm just, a moron. You have to. You're the Quad chairman. Down. And he's yeah. just down the road from home. You've got to. I mean, this is this is almost a home game for you, Kyle. I know. I might go over there. Am I allowed to go over there? They won't allow you in. You've got to take your test. Well, but it's limited media. I gotta I, I mean what, can I be on that list? Should I be on that list? You can come as my plus one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. I think that's a perfect stopping point. Um, all right, we're looking forward to golf being back. Mark, you'll be on the call for CBS. Doug, you'll be there for PGA Tour Radio. I want to thank each and every one of you for hopping on. It's Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman on Instagram and Twitter. It is at Doug Bell ESPN, and it is Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. I'm Rick Gaiman. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the First Cut Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.